Hi, Doug. <laughs> Hi, Karen. Hi. How you just you? sounded so, like, morose. Oh, no. I'm not morose. I'm actually, I'm tired, but I'm in a good mood. Well, that's better. I mean, if you had to pick one or the other, I'd rather be tired and, like, happy-ish, if not happy. Yeah. Yeah, I would pick that. Yeah. As we were just talking about, I am newly employed. I have a new job. Is it at Amanda Woodward Advertising? It is not. I know. It is not. Yeah. I'm the receptionist. I mean, you're overqualified. (laughs) I'm the receptionist. (laughs) No, I'm officially back to being a member of the media. Well, I think the media is lucky to have you. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, I can walk around and flash my press pass. That's exciting. It is exciting. Um, yeah, it's only part time. So if you are a client listening to this, don't worry. It's not a full time gig. Um, but it's, you know, pandemic still happening. And uh, sure still is. not a lot of live theater going on. So although I know you have maybe something to talk about on the boulevard today. Yeah, way to tease that up for me. I do. If you guys follow us on over uh, to Modern Day on the Boulevard, yeah, I will talk about uh, a trip that I took to the theater. Um, But before we do that, we are going to Melrose Place to talk about Season 6, Episode 21, Blunt Drama. Blunt Drama. Instead of Trauma. Yeah, get it? Get it? I actually kind of like that play on words, though. So I know. I just, I just I'm like, like, sometimes they're clever. I just feel like every time I, like, read what the title is, I feel like we need to explain it. Yeah. So, listeners, in case you don't know that blunt trauma is an actual medical term, it is. Um, and blunt drama is a show that hits you over the head. Oh, <laughs> which is kind of what this one did. Um, so, Yeah. Where do we begin? So I put some thought into this. I mean, like okay. a second of thought, but I thought. Okay, great. So last week we ended with the Sam and Billy and Jennifer stuff. So we should and start with that. I think that is where we begin. Yes. I think so. Now, let me ask you. I don't remember. Is Was this the Cliffy at the end of the episode? Was the N- Billy? No, it wasn't. No, no it, was it wasn't. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. How did I forget? How did I forget that? Yeah. See, guys, get excited because we're building to a big cliffy or something. Exactly. Okay. This. Okay. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I know you. This was this was the shining light in last week's episode for you. The storyline. Yes. Still. Um, uh, As lights shine on this season. Yes. But also yes and no. And what I'll say to that is I like half of this storyline. Because okay, I like because I, I like half of the characters. Okay, me too. But I think I actually have a shocking announcement to make as we move through it. Okay. So we're not making the announcement now. No. Okay. But we're like minutes away from it, so just okay. calm down. Okay. I'm so calm excited. down. So excited. Um, so I guess where do where does this begin? It's um okay, when we left when we left last episode, Sam uh, basically went to um, Jeff, the baseball player's house, to jump his bones. Yep. Essentially. Yep. 
I mean, like he opened the door and she pushed her way in and started taking off her clothes. Yeah. Yeah. She was like riding him right when, or about to right when we left. Yeah. There was no, there was no coyness going on. There was no flirtation. It was just straight up. Yeah. And so that's where we pick up. Sam wakes up in bed with Jeff and she like freaks out and she's like, I have to go home. You know, she says she doesn't know what to tell Billy. Um, and, and she's like, Jeff, just, just leave, go to spring training and forget all about me. I can't do this. Bye. Yeah. She's like, I'm a married woman. Yeah. Oh, dear. Selective memory there. Mm-hmm. Or convenient <laughs> memory, I suppose. <laughs> Funny how she realizes it. After. after. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff doesn't look happy either. No. No, he looks stung, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and it's the middle of the night, or I guess still early-ish in the night, because Jennifer and Billy were out at the photo shoot, which had run into the night, but wasn't like 4 a.m. No. Um, so they're back at Melrose, and and she Jennifer, and they were kissing, right? They were dancing. They were inspired by the whole ballroom client. And then they started kissing, and that was all that had happened. And now they're back, and she's, like, talking around the kiss, but Billy says that they should address it. And she's like, well, look, I'm sorry. It was an impulsive moment. It won't happen again. And then Billy kisses her again. And he's like, well, now I have something to apologize for, too. And here is the thing that I want to say. Okay. Oh, okay. Here is my announcement. Billy is actually, for the first time, so fucking charming in this <gasps> storyline. More charming than we've seen him in five and a half seasons. Six and a half, I guess, if you d- describe the math. Is this a compliment? It is a compliment. Billy? It is 100% a compliment. Wow. And you know what? I have to say, I am in agreement with you. Now, again, this is what happens when they change the writing for a character and make it inconsistent time and time again. But the wheel has spun around so many times that they, like, actually hit Pater. <laughs> like, they found they found the thing that probably Andrew Shu is actually good at and is like in real life and can pull off and are writing the character in a way that is not smarmy and is not mansplaining mansplaining but is actually charismatic yeah and i have and, to say I and think i like Alyssa watching Milano it and helps. i like watching them i think Alyssa milano helps i think so I think too she's good i think now she's good with to be him. fair they're also rewriting jennifer again because this yes. is not how they brought her onto the show and this is not how like she has really been acting around kyle but but yes, they have they have rejiggered Jennifer and they have completely rewritten Billy, and I do think she is helping. But I they are a nice fit. I like watching. They are. Them. They are. I completely co-sign this. Yes, and they have. I mean, when she was brought on to the show, she was, I guess, supposed to be the new vixen. Yeah, like a troublemaking vixen. Yeah, you know, like, she was fresh. She was yeah. talking back to Amanda, yeah. and she had a history um, as the other woman. Um, so, like we kept saying, she's a lot like Sid. But what I'll say is, she's no longer the troublemaker, but she is giving me shades of Sid in this relationship. 
I could see that where she's like, sort like of late like late stage, like late stage season five, yeah. Sydney, where she was the voice of reason. You were rooting for her to find just a good love. This is but where she, I stand with Jennifer. Yeah. And I think she has found a nice match in Billy. Albeit Billy is married to that dumbass Sam. Except that he is unavailable, which Sid also had a problem with. Yeah. Did, yeah, like, she did. A few now. times. Yes. A few yeah. times. <laughs> <laughs> So yes, I can see that. Um, so yeah, they they kind of like part very sadly. It was sort of like this um, that that should have never happened. It was you know whatever it was, right? Like um, and right, like didn't he? Well, what happens is then Sam comes back from like I can't really imagine she spent much time in bed with Jeff because well, people are still coming sleep. back from work yeah, well. events and and like she has already gone all the way over there and done the deed and come back I mean I don't know the sun must have set real early night must have fallen real early for them to have gotten started um, but anyway so they kind of so Billy and Jennifer part ways and Jennifer is like hiding in the shadows so that Sam won't see or question anything right um and she and billy go inside and you know sam is also not in her right mind because she's just been unfaithful um so she's like out of it and says she's just gonna go to bed and she closes the door uh and is like freaking out behind her in the privacy of their bedroom right um and that's when it goes to the cold open and again i mean i guess at this point i could still hold out for uh, some sympathy for sam who is at a crossroads, but my sympathy for her does not last very long, as I think we're about to describe. Um, oh, and we we also should say she blamed Amanda for her lateness. Right. So when we come back, she's running up to Amanda's apartment so that Amanda can lie and cover for for Sam's excuse. And Amanda sees right through it, in spite of the fact that she has other things going on. We will get to that later. Um, but she agrees. Um, and there's this cute moment where samantha like hugs yeah amanda out of uh gratitude and amanda's yeah. like what is this <laughs> she's like no one yeah, has like ever done no like... woman has ever hugged me <laughs> she's like what are you doing <laughs> like i know that you saved my life but we're not friends <laughs> um and now things start to get a little dicey between samantha and jennifer too uh, Jennifer is, I think, on her way to the laundry room. Um, mm. Oh yeah, and she runs into Sam, who's just and runs into down Sam right on her way yeah. down, and and she's a little clairvoyant. She's like, "You did it, didn't you?" Um, and Sam is now snippy because of her own guilt, and Jennifer is now a little standoffish because Sam has been snippy to her. Right. Um, and then we're in the apartment of Billy's. Uh, and Sam isn't home. Billy answers the phone and no one says anything. And Billy is like, you know, he like yells at the caller and hangs up. Apparently this has already happened a couple times that night. So when Billy steps out, Sam, I assume star 69s to find out for sure who it is and, and tells Jeff that it's is a mistake and he has to stop doing this. I don't think she's star 69 because it she just question, knows it's him and calls him. Yeah. Why didn't Billy star 69? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, do you remember Star 67, which could block the Star 69? Yeah. If they maybe wanted maybe to, they could have used it as an excuse. But no, Billy did not try and dial back the number that had been essentially cranking him. Anybody who is even five years younger than you probably has absolutely no idea what we're talking about. 
Star 67. It's funny because I was going to say, because I was going to say they probably don't remember that, but yes, they don't remember that. They're like, what is this Melrose Place podcast turning into that they're talking about Star 69? Like, what? I know. We might as well be talking about a black and white show sometimes. (laughs) You know, there's so many times. I I have a friend who teaches screenwriting and he's like, you know, the cell phones make things a real problem because people try and come up with fresh ideas for plots. And it's like, well, but as long as you have a cell phone, like this, this inconvenience or this miscommunication can actually be resolved in ways that other typically would not have been able to, Um, they really screw a lot of shit up. And it's like, how many plots do you think could have been saved if someone had a cell phone on them in, in six years of Melrose? Yeah, I think so. A million. A million. Um, but anyway, so the next thing Jeff does is he pulls out. So we're at Amanda Woodward advertising. Of train oh, camp. Tra- oh, sorry, he backs out. <laughs> Jeff has removed oh, himself. Oh my god, there is the so client. much innuendo in this episode. <laughs> True, but that was, geez, that was practically out innuendo. Like that wasn't even that was like that that was low hanging fruit, is what that was. Okay. Yeah. So he Jeff Baylor is not has not reported to training camp in Florida. Yeah, and um, Amanda is telling them this in a staff meeting, um, and then you know, like Billy said, makes like some little speech, um, and and then Amanda references Jerry Maguire, which I appreciated because I love that movie. Um, and they all leave the meeting and uh, Amanda asks Samantha to stay. And she's like, I don't think you were even surprised when you heard that information, were you? And Sam's like, I don't know what you were talking about. Um, and Amanda's like, look, we're all freaking out. There's a fat bonus for anyone who can get Jeff back. And I expect that to be you. Do whatever you can. Yeah. Um, and she's like, start right now. So then um, Samantha goes to Jeff's house and he's like, the agency sent you, didn't they? And he goes, you know, the money doesn't matter. And, and Sam, (laughs) like, she's like trying to just convince him to like move forward and don't look back and just do this. And um, I have to say like Dan Gauthier, who is our guest actor, who's playing Jeff, like really deserves a better scene partner. Because he is not yeah. a problem in this storyline. No, and she's he's terrible. Not. Yes, she is. Um, and and he's like, I will go to spring training if that's what you want. But you broke my heart. Oh. And then we cut to Billy sitting in the pool. And Jennifer emerges in a bikini. And, okay, here's something yeah. else. That, now... There, this is not the first time we see it because there's another scene yeah, there's that Jennifer has with Michael. We'll yeah. come around to that. But but Alyssa Milano has cut her hair. Yeah. And she has cut her hair since the first scene in the cold open. And no one acknowledges it. And it's really, really it's a short. short it's, it's a short trim. Sydney length like cut. And no it's one mentions it. It's like five inches, six inches yeah. off. It's gone. And nobody says, hey, nice haircut. Although we will get back. We, 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 yeah, we'll get to that with Michael. Yeah. Right. So 
so you know, and, and Billy is talking about how he no longer knows his wife. He's unburdening himself to Jennifer, um, but but he also apologizes. He says, "If I led you on in any way, I'm sorry." And he's acting like quite a gentleman. And hearing all of this, she continues to be a smitten kitten. Um, and I mean, they're just so freaking charming together. Mm-hmm. It was um, a sweet yeah. And so then we come back from a commercial to have Samantha lying down on the couch of Jennifer's apartment. So I guess whatever guilt or ill will she was feeling, she's kind of gotten over it because she also needs to unburden herself. So, um, so she, so she's talking about Jeff to Jennifer and like kind of blaming Jennifer. <laughs> Jennifer, but she's like, she's like, I slept with Jeff Baylor because it, because you said I should. Yeah, she was like that whole old car, new car analogy or metaphor from last episode. She doesn't say last episode. I added that. Um, and she's like, but I'm not going to turn away from Billy. Jennifer's yeah. like, uh, what are you going to do now? Which is as much for her own benefit as it is for Sam's. Um, and Sam's like, I'm going to devote the rest of my life to make Billy happy. Thank you so much for being a good listener. Um, so remember when I said that like, I hadn't yet gotten to the point where I really hate Sam? Well, I think we're getting close. Okay. So we, so Sam has prepared a nice surprise as part of being willing to devote herself for the rest of her life to Billy. And we see her looking at herself in her lingerie um, when Billy comes home. But it's drunk Billy coming home. Yes, Typically, exactly. drunk Billy leads to kissing Billy, but there's no kissing in this scene. Um, <laughs> because he has heard the news that at spring training, Jeff Baylor has blown out his knee. So Billy is really rubbing it in. Like he was out drinking to celebrate and he is rubbing it in that this terrible, potentially career devastating thing has happened to Jeff Baylor. And now Sam is getting pissy. Um, Well, I will say this in Sam's defense. I think rightfully so, because he was pulling the, I told you, I told you so. I told you he would never work out. I told you he wouldn't do the thing. Like, you know, because remember when, you know, signing Jeff Baylor was supposed to be like an impossibility. Right. Like he would never he would never stoop so low as to, you know, do yeah. sponsorships or whatever it was. So so this is Billy gloating. And I understand why she got mad because I really wanted to punch him in the face. Um I understand it, but the thing in in the beginning is what Billy is tapping into is his suspicion that something is going on or someone wants something to be going on between Sam and Jeff. And he's right. Yeah. I mean, I get that, but at the same time, I'm also feeling like, like he he is digging in. Yeah. Yeah. If he were like, like he's, he's had a problem with Sam since this whole fiasco sort of started with Baylor and it's been like sort of sniping about her work and, you know, saying things aren't good enough and you know what I mean? And so he's kind of a little undermining at the office with her. I feel like, and, and I don't yeah, think but that sometimes the undermining like that. has been right. Like when he was like the copy for this campaign or the layout for this campaign really needs work. And she's like, no, Amanda defend me. And she's like, well, Billy's right. Like, I think Billy has also had a point in some of these scenes. I know, but you know what? This is also his wife. And so I think that he needs to be a little bit more delicate about it. Like, I don't know. And he's, he hired her. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he hired her. So he should, I, I just feel like he could be a little bit nicer. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like he's kind of a dick to work for. Like if he was my boss, I'd be looking for a new job. Um, yeah, but they'd also probably just promote you to managing another department. So you'd probably be okay. I don't know. It seems like only like the people that the failures, the failures get, they you fail know, up. they sort of, yeah, they fell up. That's exactly what's going on at Amanda Woodward agency. How can yeah. she be the best in Los Angeles when all of her flunkies fail up? How can she be the best in Los Angeles when she's always desperate and failing the clients? No idea. Me neither. But I know this. Anyway, yes. So Billy comes home the next night. Uh, the lights are off and jazz music is playing. So I thought, oh, so maybe Samantha is like trying to apologize for the night before because it, it ended badly. Like right. she was pissed at, at Billy and that was that. Um, and he never got to find out what his surprise was. Um, but the music is not coming from his apartment. Samantha is not home, but Jennifer is again dancing on her own with the broom in her apartment. And he like trudges upstairs and he's like watching her through the window and she sees him watching her and is embarrassed, but it's, it's very cute. Um, and it's like the most Sydney I feel like I've ever seen her. Um, it's also the most nipple I've ever seen on her because she's not wearing a bra in the scene. Um, okay. I was wondering. Yes. And wondering they did what? that on purpose. If they? If they did that on purpose. Do you? Uh, what, do you well, I mean, I, I don't know. know. I don't know. Anyway. Maybe that was a style. I don't know. But he comes in, and, and then they start kissing, and then they stop. And he goes, I can't do this to Sam. And he says, you know, she could have been with Jeff Baylor, but she didn't cheat, and he can't do this to her. And she wants to tell him the truth, but she doesn't. So he leaves. Meanwhile, Sam shows up to Jeff's while he's in his hot tub uh, with a gift basket. Um, the The sporting goods client has fired him, so he's kind of down on his luck. Uh, he's surly, but Sam is like, surprise, I gave it the college try, and I really tried to, to get things back on the right foot with Billy. And it was, it's just over. There's, there's nothing left. Um, and she's basically like, my marriage is over and I'm yours. And she kisses him and he pulls her into the hot tub. So was it's like. the fastest marriage on the, on like, like, was this like wedding and now heading toward, like, was this, is this a record for Melrose Place? Um, possibly. I mean, Jake and Allison's ended up being pretty quick, right? Oh, maybe, yeah. Uh... And I'm not really oh God, sure how long Peter and Amanda were supposed to have been married before she kicked him out. Yeah. That no, I think they, they were married for a while because remember he was like he Like was they well they, you know what? It was the season long, it was the end of the yeah. season before they had to finalize that divorce in Mexico, right? Did they go mm -hmm. to Mexico or no, they went to like Central America somewhere, right? Oh, when Kyle was with her and it was yeah, there, like, that the, weird, yeah. like, outdoor thing. Like, it wasn't, like, a hut. Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, a hut on the beach. Yeah. Um, It was, like, the Dominican Republic or something. But anyway, it's one of the quicker marriages to implode. Because that was fast. Yeah. Okay, um, so I, I have I'm a like, question. Well, 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 well I'll, I'll give you a, a quicker marriage. <laughs> Craig okay. and Sydney. Oh. <gasps> Oh. Too soon. Too soon. 
How did I forget that? Um, okay, so I have a question. Question comes from Anthony. Oh, okay. Was he watching like this scene was, or something with you? Yeah, he was kind of like half-ass watching, and he okay. said, and I said, "Ooh, this is good trivia." I'm going to have to ask Doug because I don't know the answer to that. He he was wondering, is there any character on Melrose Place who has not been cheated on? Oh, who has not been cheated on? That's a great question. Isn't that a good question? Ooh, I'm going sense. through my my Doug roll the decks. I know I could honestly could not come up with anyone because maybe Jane. No, no. Cheated too. Michael. Michael. Wait, right, but, who has not but, been cheated on cheat or has not done the cheating? Well, I mean, okay, but has Michael been cheated? Then who cheated? Maybe it's Michael. He has not cheated on. He has not been cheated on. Oh, 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 who has not been cheated on? Oh, okay. Is it Michael? Um... Or who has not cheated? I mean, we can go, you know, we can go both ways, too. Who has not cheated and who has not been cheated on? I feel like it might be Michael because Jane didn't cheat on him. Sid didn't cheat on him. Megan didn't cheat on him. I the only Kimberly one wasn't with him. With Kimberly, but she wasn't with him with Coop. No, and she wasn't with him when she was with the pool guy. Right. Or potentially Peter. Right. Or the crazy guy that ended up kidnapping her. Right, Vic from guy? North Hollywood. Yeah, Vic, good old Vic. Well, did um, did Allison and Bill, Billy cheated on Allison? He had a one night stand with Amanda. Right. When they were on a break, and Allison thought about sleeping with Steve, but never did. But Allison and, and so Allison. Never well, no cheated. one cheated on Brooke, if we count her. Okay, well, I guess we have to. But I mean, it's only like, I mean, you can count on most of them. Yeah, yeah, I mean, most of them at some point, like that's, yeah. Right. That was a good question, though, I thought, right? Yeah, that's a good question. I like his curiosity. It gives me hope <laughs> that there are others that still find the show intriguing as well. Oh, my God. Okay, so it looks like we're going to have a divorce on our hands. Um, and does this mean we've seen the last of Sam? No, not yet. No, we have a while to go. Okay. Um, and does this mean that Jeff is sticking around? Do we have a new player? Yeah, I mean, he'll never join the opening credits, but we haven't seen the last of Jeff either. Okay. So I'm just kind of curious where we're going here. All right. Next. Well, I mean, let's do all those other people, by which I mean Lexi and Coop and Peter and Megan and Michael. I mean, can you believe that we're still here? <laughs> I feel like it's like the same shit over and over again at this point with these people. Yeah, it's pretty cyclical. Yeah. And, I mean, there's one thread that I think is a real who cares thing. But, well, it's, you know, they're all who cares. But some are older. Some are more who cares threads. than others. Yeah. yeah. 
so we start in the the office of the new company that Lexi's dad brought to the West Coast for Lexi and Coop, and it's fully staffed, up and running, and nice. Um, I don't know, maybe I should apply there. Um, mm-hmm. But apparently, the parent company is in trouble, um, and so Coop is like explaining this to Lexi, and she's like, "This isn't news; it's on the Wall Street Journal." And he's like, "His." His power play here is to get her to move to Cleveland and give up her perch here because he wants her to get out of his life because he's afraid of falling back in love with her and that she'll have him. But it's like, well, based he's, on he's what? falling in love with the $10 million prize is what he's falling in love with. I think he's not trusting himself. He's just I'm... trying to get her out of the way so that he won't want to remarry her for the money. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. That I mean, I'm sort of questioning, like, did he marry her for the money in the first place? This is, I don't quite understand their relationship. No, I don't either. Um, and so that's why and I, I don't think we ever like will. Looking at this as sort of going, okay, he's tempted by the $10 million. Maybe he married her for the money in the first place, because it just seems like there was no love loss there. You know what I mean? Although yeah, that's I a great point. That Although that scene in the Irish bar did make it seem like maybe they did have something at one point, but I don't know, you know, now with this $10 million sort of like hanging over them. I mean, he's a doctor. He's fairly successful. He's got that weird glove, right? The cauterizing glove. So that's going to, that's something. Um, It took off, right? Didn't it? It's what? The cauterizing glove that took off, right? Wait, I don't know what has happened to it since the whole thing with Michael and that lawsuit ended. I know, but let's just assume that he's made a pile of money from that. Like, oh, okay. what, what is he, like, he doesn't, I mean, $10 million, no, I mean, sure, but he's, like, not, he's okay. He's not destitute. He's not in the world of high finance, maybe, but he's like a successful doctor. Yeah, he's not okay. broke. No, and he's so, like a good looking guy who said he's had no problem getting women. I mean, yeah, literally, but, he said that. Yeah. Yeah, he did say that. So this whole, so it, it just doesn't quite make sense, and their relationship doesn't make sense at all, and I can't quite figure it out. No, they like exist so far in the margins. I can't care. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, that's and the also, thing. I don't care. I also think it's a mistake because they're the two new characters who were brought on. So don't have them back in a storyline primarily focusing on each other. Because if you're not integrating them with our most central players, then they really lift right out. Yeah. And we don't really care. We don't, we don't care about them yet. No. Like we don't care about them yet. Like I care about Megan, you know, Um, I care about, I care about Michael. I care about Peter as much as I can. Just like him. Yeah. Um, But yeah, but we don't care about them together. I really don't. And I'm like, great. Get together. Go back to Ohio. We'll have an empty apartment for some. Yeah, yeah. Open home. up the cast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. So okay, now we're downtown at Michael's misbegotten clinic. And what's the guy? What's the sketchy guy's name? Sna- spider. Spider. It was like Poor skater, spider. snake. What was spider? Poor so he spider. comes in. Yeah, poor spider. He's been shot. And he's apparently going to die, like, in 30 seconds. Yeah. And he hands Michael a key, and then he dies. And then right then, and he tells him that it's, like, at this station downtown or whatever. 
It's in a um, locker at the bus station. Of course yeah. it's in a locker at the bus station. Right? I mean, of course. Uh, and right then the cops come in and they're like, what happened? Did he say anything before he died? And Michael's like, nope, he's dead. And he pockets the key and um, <laughs> says the guy never said a word. Wah, wah. Yes. So no more spider. No more spider. Um, so then Michael goes to the bus station and opens the locker. And there's this very nice bag sitting inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and he takes it into the men's room and opens it in a stall. And it's all this cash. Um, I mean, a lot of it looks like ones. I saw some yeah. fake looking fifties, but I saw a lot of ones. Um, definitely a lot of Washington's in there. Um, but it's drug money. So of course it's ones. But, well, I mean, yeah, but my, my point is how much money total is this? And why would Spider give it to him? Just die. I don't know. Who knows um, cops to get it? But anyway, so now we give Michael something to do for the episode. So he rushes the bag into Jennifer's apartment. This is the scene I mentioned before. This is the very first time we see Jennifer with her new short haircut. And at no point does Michael acknowledge it. Okay, here's the thing. When Michael walks in, he says something to her very off the cuff. And I swear to God, he said, nice do. And then he kept rolling. And I actually rewound it to listen again. Because I was like, wait, what? Did he acknowledge it? And it's muttered and very unclear. And I could not make it out what he said. And I think that he might have rushed in and said, hey, nice do. And then started saying. Oh, so that was it. That because it was something very offhand and very off the cuff and muttered and and hard to hear. And I think that might have been it. Well, then there you go. I, I. I'm sorry I missed that, but I can see why based on your description. Which really made me laugh because nobody else acknowledged it. And the way that he no did, it made it sound like I the writer did what not was... want it acknowledged. You know? But like, like, they, like, they have to acknowledge that. When Jane cut her hair, they made Richard Hart acknowledge it. Well, I guess. I don't know. It just felt, it just felt like it was something he ad-libbed. I he probably like did. Robert but though. so my thinking was he doesn't say anything about it. And then Billy is going to say something about it when she comes to him in the pool. And that's like another, uh, you know, instance of him being such a good guy. But he didn't acknowledge it either. No, so he didn't acknowledge we'll it have either. to say that Michael's little quick nice do or whatever is, is all she'll get. Yeah. Um, so Michael's like, keep the bag here. Don't look at it. Don't tell anyone about it. And and that's pretty much it. Um, and then later, Michael is at the upstairs lounge and he sees Megan. Um, and they talk about the odd bond that Coop seems to have again with Lexi. Um, and then Michael does what Megan did a couple weeks ago when she had that tape of Peter with uh, Mr. Sterling. And he's like, you know, he's talking about the money in the third person. He's like, let's just say someone somewhere was given a tip about a bag and they found it. And she's <laughs> like, and she's like, Michael, there's no question. You have to take it to the police. You know, and then they start to argue a little bit until Coop arrives. And, and he's like, you know, you're, you know, you're stereotyping me. You're saying, cause I'm Italian. It's like, I'm in the mob, blah, blah, blah. And it's like sort of funny, but not, Great, not hilarious. Not great, yeah, not hilarious. Um, and then Coop arrives, and the fun is over. Um, and then Megan approaches Michael at the beach house um, because she and Jennifer are sharing the apartment, so she has access to this dumbass bag that Michael has told her about. <laughs> um, 
So she opened the door in the closet and saw it and opened it. And she confronts Michael and he actually tells her the truth, but he's like, but I was going to use the money for good. And Megan's like, yeah, you are going to use the money for good. Cause I have a plan. And then she takes him to a church where they're going to make a donation. Um, all See, the Mark money in the in- bag. Is going to be used straight to the hood too. That's like that's like a, oh, yeah. a church in the back. Yeah, part yeah. Of town. yeah, yeah, Because the, yeah, the money is to help them for quote unquote the war on drugs. Yeah, and I don't really know money. what the church is going to do, but that is how the money is to be utilized. Yeah. And as they leave, like we see that Michael has even pilfered some of the money, but Megan finds it in his pocket and makes him return that too. She is his conscience. It's so cute. Um, and it's really like, okay, so Megan and Michael are starting to come together again, but what really is the point of this whole story? Including like the, whole, the, like the whole like beginning of the clinic to now. Like what is really the point of all of this? Yeah, so like without Spider, what happens with the clinic? And, you know, is Michael really going to be like the hood doctor? Is that going to stick? You know, I don't know. It's all very strange. Yeah, and I don't think it sticks, but we'll see. I, if if memory serves, it doesn't. But we'll see. Okay. Um, okay, so now we are left with our main story. The Kyle and Amanda and Taylor, Nick and Christine nonsense (sighs) yep pretty much i mean i think i mean okay the good news is part of this is over yes the bad news is and you don't know this yet it's getting worse oh good (laughs) just what i wanted um yeah i mean this whole thing is so stupid all right, I have a question. Okay. This okay, so this part of the episode or this, you know, moment with this storyline made me question whether or not Christine was actually Christine or Christine was playing the part of Christine because Christine really was dead. Right. So I thought they were going to really finally explain what was going on in this first scene, which picks up where we left off last week. They don't. But there is a mention later in the episode that clears things up. Then I must have missed it because I like I there was something or maybe it is something that I and I didn't miss it. Like I just at one point in the episode was like, huh? And I was like, wait a minute. I don't think this is actually the real Christine. Right. They've been really bad about explaining what actually happened here. So do you want me to tell you what is actually going on and we can describe how it plays out in this episode? Yes. Yes. So yeah, Christine did die. They found this woman. Okay. Okay. This woman is an imposter. She is fake Christine and has been all along. They found her somehow. She actually was in a car accident and was disfigured. And they somehow found her and asked her to join them in this plot and that $5,000 would come her way if it was successful. What I don't understand is why Nick is also sleeping with her, because I I gather that he found her and then started sleeping with her. But, but But I don't really understand that. I also don't understand 
why they're so stupid about thinking that the end game is going to be anything that they desire. I know. Because what they're really trying to do is tell this fake Christine to keep pretending she's real Christine to ultimately pry Kyle and Amanda apart. And that what will happen is Kyle will come back to Taylor and Nick will get a piece of Kyle's jazz club. Because yeah, I don't why? understand how Nick is going to get a piece of jazz club. No matter what happens, like <laughs> Kyle's still not going to forgive Taylor and Kyle's still not going to be happy with Nick. So I don't understand why they think this is going to happen. But what I really yeah. mean is I don't understand why the writers came up with such a lazy, terrible, dark storyline. <laughs> it's all okay. that. Okay, because I was I was so confused. Like, they didn't do a very good job explaining that, about, like, what the hell was going on with Christine. Like, it feels like it happened so quickly. I was like, wait, what? No, That's the writing I mean. is so haphazard, it is atrocious. Oh, and I didn't... Um, I didn't get to say this yet, and I didn't really talk about Peter, but Peter actually factors into this storyline a little bit, but Peter has a nice haircut in this episode, and Lisa Rinna is obviously pregnant by these episodes, by these scenes. They're only shooting her from, like, the neck up, and her face is much fuller, but I actually think she looks the nicest I've ever seen her. I had no idea. I didn't even notice. Well, okay, that's I'll, me, I'll pregnant, Mr. Pregnancy Watch. Oh my um, god! <laughs> like I kept talking about how I thought Heather Locker was pregnant here and not pregnant here. So, um, yeah, maybe next week I think you'll notice because uh, okay. I've planted that seed, so to speak. But yeah, so we pick up in the <laughs> motel room. It's not worth the laugh, but thanks. Um, and Taylor is like using her muscle to tell Christine that she isn't quitting because they are closer than ever to breaking Kyle and Amanda up. And that's when Nick's like, yeah, and then I'll get a piece of the jazz club and Taylor will get Kyle back. Um, and and also, like, how does Taylor know all of this? Because some of the fighting between Kyle and Amanda might be happening in the restaurant, but all of it is not. Um, yeah, she knows an awful lot. And, and Christine says something here about how, like, she's she doesn't care. She wants this to be done. She's just some woman they found who was in a car accident. So there's, like, a little bit of exposition, but it's not clear. Again, all of these scenes are, like, not good enough to move the story along and get also very redundant and also very foolhardy. Right. But again, here we are. So then we see Kyle and Amanda are in bed, and they seem to have made up. So, so great. Things actually seem to be tracking along better for them. They just aren't married. But, but we'll get to that too. Um, meanwhile, back to Taylor and Christine. Taylor drops her off, or fake Christine, drops her off at the hospital. Um, and she approaches Peter um, and, and says, like, she's going to leave uh, and go back to New Mexico. And Peter's like, you don't have to go back, but but he wants you, her to forget about Kyle. Um, and he calls for a nurse to basically put her on a psychiatrist's watch. Um, that he thinks, like, she's now ev evinced enough, like, symptoms of someone who has, has basically demonstrated suicidal ideology. The way she is talking about her life and her past and Kyle and, and, and all of that. And I don't know if you notice this probably not 
The actress who plays fake Christine, Susan Walters, has some of the same tics and some of the same delivery as Heather Locklear herself, which I don't think is anything deliberate in casting or anything, just something I think the two actresses have in common. Oh, interesting. Um, and then Taylor is talking to Kyle and she says that Christine is still in town, but she's on suicide watch. Um, and that Peter is going to move on from Lexi and he's going to move on with Amanda. Oh, oh, oh. She tells him, she tells this to Kyle and then Kyle immediately goes to Peter's. Um, and that's when Kyle basically says that this is what's going to happen, that, um, that, that Christine will break them up and that Peter wants this because then he'll go right back to Amanda. And Peter, like, immediately, like, shoots this theory down. And he goes, like, look, she's a textbook case of these, like, suicidal symptoms. Peter's like, marry Amanda immediately. Don't waste another second. Yeah. And then we see... Yes. Yeah. Peter's like, I don't have time for this nonsense. This storyline is worse than anything I've ever been a part of. So just end it. (laughs) Marry her. Get out of my office. Yeah. And then we see Kyle has like a romantic breakfast prepared on a, on a weekday. It's 8 a.m. Amanda's like, what is this? But he does. He has like mimosas and then he reproposes to her and he's like, we can get married tomorrow. I've already arranged it at the chapel. Kyle says it has to be now. And Amanda's like, are you afraid something will come along and change our minds? Which he is, but she says yes. And Kyle tells Taylor to watch the restaurant for the next couple days because we're getting married. And he even says, like, where they're getting married and where they're staying before I they know, go on their honeymoon. Real info like, he there. gave her yeah. everything but, like, his <laughs> PIN number. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's like, we don't know where we're going on our honeymoon, but this is all the stuff we know. And Taylor is pissed and, like, caught off guard but covers it. Um, and, like, Kyle sees through it. He's like, you almost even sounded sincere when you congratulated us. But then, like, someone breaks into Christine's room. She covers, they cover her mouth in the middle of the night. Um, but it's just Taylor having broken in. Um, and she's like, this is our last chance. Um, they're about to get married. We have to break them up now. Um, and she makes her start writing a note. And she's like, Amanda will, Amanda will read the letter and call off the wedding. Which is like, um, okay again you seem to be very confident about these outcomes and then the next scene is taylor hand delivering this letter to amanda and she's like yeah it came from christine to the restaurant but i thought maybe i should bring it to you look it looks easy to open um (laughs) and amanda amanda's like look kyle and i have no secrets i'll read this it's fine and she opens it right in front of taylor and is like actually as taylor predicted stunned um, and Tara's like, well, I'm just going to leave you to it. Bye. And very proud of herself. And then Amanda barges into the hospital and goes past Peter and confronts Christine to tell her that this letter won't work. She's like, we're going to go ahead and get married. And she's like, to hell with your suicide crap. Um, she's like, I bet you don't even have the guts to do it. Uh, and then <laughs> fake Christine cries, which is actually odd. Because I could see the real Christine being upset, but I'm not sure why this imposter is actually having that reaction. Yeah, um, I don't know why she she's still want carrying Kyle. it. On. Yeah, yeah, and she doesn't want to keep the charade up. Right. And so I don't really know why she's doing it because now would be the chance to come clean, right? Exactly. Exactly. 
Um, but instead, later on, Nick and Taylor drag Christine out of the hospital to the chapel to ruin the wedding. Um, and as they leave the hospital, now is when Christine decides she needs to come clean. So she, like, punches Taylor and takes her keys and drives away in her car, desperate to, like, tell Amanda and Kyle the truth about this this ruse. Which is already stupid, because Taylor and Nick are in his car right behind her. Like, it's not like she's just going to run in next door. Like, they have to go through a bunch of LA traffic to do this. Um, But Amanda and Kyle, we see them exchanging their vows alone in this chapel. So they are finally getting married. Um, And then we see outside the chapel... I don't even know how Christine knows LA geography this well to have gotten there. But, um, like, she gets out of her car and is running to tell them the truth. And then Nick lunges for her, and she falls on a railing and hits her head, and she's dead. Like, real dead. Fake Christine is real dead. Real Christine is dead. Real dead. All the Christines are dead. dead. Anyone who's (laughs) ever looked like Susan Walters on TV is dead. Um... So Nick and Taylor, while shocked, pick up her her body and, like, hide it behind his car while Amanda and Kyle, newly married, come out and drive away. And he's even put, like, a just married thing on his car and everything. So now we just have Nick and Taylor uh, holding dead Christine, or dead fake Christine. And Nick looks at Taylor and he's like, what now? And there's a close-up on Taylor for, I think, the first time in forever as we end an episode. And uh, we're waiting for her to come up with a a new plan. Yeah. Because this one has gone quite off the rails. Oh, boy, has it. So at least we got rid of fake Christine. Um, Um, Yeah. I can't say the storyline is done, but we are rid of fake Christine, which is like, what a shitty, terrible way to go. Was the money worth it? I know. And I think it was only five grand. Yeah, it was only five grand. Which I guess back then, maybe that was a lot of money. I mean, I I guess if you're poor, that's a lot of money. Yeah, but I remember they're like five grand. And I was like, this is a lot of work for $5,000. I don't know about this. Yeah, like she went through a lot of hoops. Yeah. But I don't know. Maybe I'm lazy. Maybe I'm one of those lazy people they keep talking about online. Uh, no, I don't. I don't. Think <laughs> so. Also, this is something I don't think they've quite answered. So they found Christine or they found this woman to be an imposter for Christine. And yes, she had been in a car accident. And yes, she'd had some facial reconstructive surgery, but she must have had more surgery to look identical to Christine, right? Or did they find someone who was that much of a dead ringer for Christine? I don't know, because I think at one point, didn't Kyle say, like, I can't believe how different you look or something? Like, I feel like at one point he said that. Like, this whole thing, like, it's it's it, just it hasn't so stupid. Made any sense? It's so convoluted and didn't make any sense because you know, of course, like it's the so whole stupid. thing about like, like facial reconstruction, reconstructive surgery. If your face is blown off and you need reconstruction, you don't look like that. No, you don't look like a soap actress. No, you don't look like a soap. You don't have a scar along like the side of your head that you can hide with your hair. Right. Like no, you're you're pretty disfigured. Yeah. Like facial reconstructive surgery when you're that damaged is does not 
it can save you, but it can't do miracles. It, no, it's not going to make you look like a soap opera actor. No. I mean, no, it's not. It's just, and so that was already like a head scratcher. And then how? And then how did she like prepare for this? Right, like the date with Kyle. Like, the, like she and Kyle had this shared history. There's got to be stuff that Nick doesn't know. Well, that's it. Like, they said that, like, she had to do, like, some research. I don't know. They prepared a dossier for her. But, yeah, there had to have been things that would have been giveaways alone with Kyle. Yeah. And, like, she spent a whole day alone with him. Yeah. And he wasn't like, wait a minute, you don't really seem like you're Christine. Like, yeah. And also, really like, isn't like her you know. voice different? Yeah. Wouldn't her voice be different? And don't you just kind of know, like if yeah, that especially after somebody, an extended period of time, after years, wouldn't you know? Like, don't you just kind of know? If that, anyway, this is though I will say the gaslighting to end all gaslighting with bringing back fake Christine like this. I mean, this is like yeah, some. First this is a good shit. example of gaslighting. Holy crap! Like what? Um, so I kind of don't understand why Taylor thought that she would like get away with this. Um, even though it looks like she probably has, but only because fake Christine is now. Well, now dead. she's dead. Yeah. That's, that's what it took. So, so, I mean, you can see why I am gravitating towards Billy and Jennifer these days, right? Yeah, absolutely. Although I am kind of curious how they're going to explain Christine's death. Well, not well. Okay. Why am I not surprised? I remember like being like actively pissed off at, at the the next chapter for this storyline. Oh Christ. So brace yourself. Oh my god. Or if you feel differently, tell me I'm wrong. I don't think you're gonna be wrong. I don't know. You guys, if you're keeping up, let us know what you think because uh, this leaves a worse, more sour taste in my mouth than season four did. Oh, <gasps> no. Yeah. We're there. We've hit it. We've hit it. Well, I have. I'm not there yet. No. I'm not there not. yet. Maybe you won't be. And I hope for your sake you're not. Yeah, I'm not there yet. Um, so, guys, do let us know what you think of these uh, increasingly desperate storylines. But before we head over to the boulevard, I wanted to talk about something else that I watched this weekend. Oh, the there's this fantasy island reboot on fox and yes i haven't watched it yet though well i won't I mean... spoil things as much as the plot can or can't be spoiled but this was so fantasy island was an aaron spelling show and now it's been rebooted and in this episode it involved three friends who come to the island to celebrate their 50th birthday and the three fr friends are at one point uh played by uh, Laura Layton, Josie Bissett, and Daphne Zuniga. So Fucking it's an brilliant. old school Melrose Mel Mel reunion on the Fantasy Island reboot. That is and genius. like the episode is what it is. It was so much fun to watch all three of them together. That was genius. And you get to, to the that. heart of what's missing from these episodes. Because like the plot is what it is and the story is what it is and whatever. But But they have such chemistry between the three of them like it is s such pure joy watching them just do their thing reunited um and we don't have that 
shared in like any real scene with the bulk of the cast that we have now. So no. yeah, the writing is bad, but it's also like it's just like the magic can't be recreated once yeah. we lost all of our original players. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, so if you get around to watching it, like it's stupid fun, but it's worth it. It's nice to see the three of them in action together. Well, that's a great tip. Thank you for that. Because I haven't watched Fantasy Island because you know my love for the original. I do know. And it will never replace. No, and it can't. And they're they're certainly not trying to. But I wish. But they I have no interest. I, I, but I, I, you cannot. If you are not bringing back Ricardo Maltabon from the dead, along with Tattoo. I do not want to see no, it. There is no, there is no Ricardo Montalban 2.0. There is no Hervé Villachez 2.0. Hervé Villachez, thank um, you. But also, name. if you don't watch it, let me know. Because there's one line in particular that one of the characters says that I truly loved. And viewers, if any of you watched it, uh, I'm curious if you picked up on it. Um, so if you don't watch it, I'll just tell you what it is. But if you do, I'll be curious to see if you caught it as well. I bet you okay. will. Okay, cool. All right, we're going to the boulevard. Yep, we're, we're moving on over. You guys have a good week. Um, and happy Yom Kippur for those who are celebrating. I will be fasting. Um, uh, feel my pain. Uh, all right, you guys. Until then, we will see you next week on the block. Yeah.